Welcome to Mental Health is Wealth. I'm your host, Antoine Wilbon. In today's podcast, we will talk about feelings and finances. Today's podcast, we will be talking about feelings and finances. And we want to talk about how your feelings impact your finances and how you can differentiate your feelings and the effects that it has on your finances. And I wanted to just go over seven points today about our feelings and how they impact our finances. The first one is fear stops us from moving forward. Fear is a very powerful emotion that both serves and hurts us. It can protect us from danger. It can also prevent us from trying something new. It causes some people to only see negative outcomes or stops people from saying yes to goals they have worked diligently to achieve, like retirement, because they are scared of the unknown. The best defense against fear is to admit that you are scared and ask yourself why. Once you shine a light on your fears, they tend to lose power as logic and good planning takes over. And so a lot of times we are afraid to like do things new or we're afraid to fail. And it affects our finances in that way, because what if you're a person who has never been organized and you say, oh, well, I want to be organized, but it's hard at first. And then you feel like you're making a more of a mess of it. So you kind of stay the same that you always were, which without having a structured budget to follow, to actually carve out space for your goals and to also rectify any financial problems that you have in your life. If you're not going after it because you're afraid to fail, then you're going to be stuck in the same place. So it's one of those things where like if someone says they want to start a business, but they have to figure out to come up with the finances or how to do the hard work and also to take the day-to-day failures that come with having a business. And it's like you have to face the fears in terms of just saying them out loud. And sometimes you might have to take smaller steps at things. So if you say you want to work on your finances, you might say, well, you know what? I'll start out with just writing down everything that I pay monthly. And then you put it on a spreadsheet or a sheet of paper and you put them down and you say, this is how much I pay. And then you create a budget that way and you figure out things that you don't need to do anymore, things that you want to do. And then you add those to that list and then you start working off of that budget list and you start looking at things that you unnecessary spending. And so those are ways that you can actually go towards fear in a way to embrace the goals that you're trying to set. That is walk towards the fear because it can't do anything to you. It's just thoughts that's in your mind, you know, because it's just in your head. So what you have to do is just actually just face it and just take baby steps sometimes. The other thing is that fear is part of a warning system for us is that things may be hard. And so it's just your body and your mind trying to protect you from something that might be harmful to you. But a lot of times these things aren't harmful to you. They're just things that you have to face. Number two, fixing boredom with a shopping spree is how some people cure boredom. Whether they head to the mall in person or go online Some even go to with the intention not to spend a dime and just plan to window shop and browse. But all too often, they pull out their credit card to buy something 
to help alleviate boredom or loneliness. Both are normal feelings, but shopping doesn't really solve the problem long term. Instead, think of better, more productive ways to occupy and fulfill yourself, such as joining a sports league or a book club to help socialize and meet others. And that's one thing that I think that I can recall back, like when there was like this motto that was going around in the 80s, like I shop, therefore I am, or to way to show wealth is to have a lot of material items. And I think a lot of times people have let shopping become a part of your lifestyle. And thing with shopping is it's a good stress relief for some people, but how much stress and boredom do you want to alleviate by going shopping? I think the thing that a lot of people should try to do is that they should try to fill that void in their lives, the things that have nothing to do with shopping. It has nothing to do with spending money. A lot of times you want to start doing things that are special interest to you, things that you've never done before, whether it's going hiking, working out, doing something, volunteering your time, being involved with things that are a little different, such as, like I said, a book club or a sports league or volunteering your time. And those things will also reduce boredom and then also meeting new people doing different things. And that's another way to control your spending and that kind of like agitated way of like, I need to go do something. I need to like fill this void and shopping will kill your budget if you're trying to save money or, or get ahead of the game in terms of like your wealth building. And third, anger. Anger leads to like, I deserve this. Anger can be a scary emotion. Many of us were taught that anger is bad. And certainly if it causes you to lash out or even turn violent, then your anger has become a serious issue that requires professional assistance. For most of us, though, while anger is a normal response to something that upsets us, we tend to diffuse our frustration or anger by treating ourselves to something. Anger is one of the biggest fuels to I deserve this mindset. When you find yourself saying, I deserve this, I encourage you to ask yourself if you're really angry or upset instead, is it okay to be angry or upset, but buying yourself something in in a short-term solution? Is, Is buying something a short-term solution? Truly addressing your anger or frustration is the better answer. So I've noticed a lot of times, even with myself, is that what I used to do is that when I was upset about something, I would maybe take myself out to eat. I would buy myself a new pair of gym shoes or I would go out and just spend money on something to like make myself feel like I can escape why I'm angry and not deal with it. And so the bigger picture was, is that I had to actually learn how to look within and to be like, it's okay to be angry. And angry is an emotion that we have, but it has no no bearing on me spending money or treating myself every time I'm upset about something or going to buy dinner or going to buy ice cream or doing something like that. It's like I had to get away from using outside things to diffuse my anger. I had to actually deal with myself from the inside out. And that was a good way for me to actually deal with who I am and what I'm trying to do with myself in terms of dealing with my anger to the point 
where I'm able to be comfortable with being angry, but I'm also not using something outside of me to actually deal with it. So that's another way that, you know, you can use, you know, to cut down on spending money when you're upset or treating yourself when you're upset. Four, green with envy and playing keep up. Envy is one of those emotions that we don't like to discuss. It paints us in a poor light. So we pretend that we've never felt envious of someone else. But I suspect almost every single one of us, myself included, has felt a pang or two of envy at some point in our life. What really matters is how we respond to those feelings. Many respond by trying to keep up or worse, outdo, to turn the tables and make them envious of you. Some even go as far to spend money on things they care very little about just to impress or gain approval of others, leaving them with little money for things that truly matter. It's better to admit, even if just to yourself, that you're envious and use it to motivate you to work harder to achieve your goals. And I know that that is the phrase that people always used to say is that it's a way of like keeping up with the Joneses. And I think that the keeping up with the Joneses has permeated the whole American culture is that we're constantly trying to stay in this light of I'm doing okay or I'm doing better. And a lot of times I had to, even myself, I had to learn to be okay with who I am, regardless of how much money I have, what car I drive, what clothes I wore, or what kind of house I had. I had to be okay with me. And I had to be the best I can be at the level in which I was operating at. So I, you know, even have a time when I went out and I bought a vehicle that I, I shouldn't have bought. It was more expensive. It was a luxury vehicle. Did I really need to buy that vehicle? No. But I wanted to show people that I was doing okay and I was doing better than them or I was doing just as good when I could have actually took that money that I spent on the car and I could have put some of that money towards my business. I could have put it towards a class on accounting or a class on how to do marketing. And so those are things that I could have spent that money on that would have given me a further boost economically in the long run, which I could have doubled back and came back and had the actual disposable income to get the car. So those are things that you have to look at when you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. The envious thing is that it's okay to look at someone's lifestyle because as a human being, you're going to always do brief comparisons. You're always going to look at somebody's situation in comparison to yours just as a human being. But the thing is, is that the less you do it, the better off you are. So I'm not saying that people aren't going to do it, but do it less and do it way less. And then when you're doing it, catch yourself and say, you know what? I should be happy for that person. And I should be happy for myself and what I have, because you have to look at your own blessings as a way of this is where I'm at. And if I really want that lifestyle that I see somebody else has, I need to work hard in order to get that. Or I'm not trying to flaunt my well-doing to people and I should be humble and be happy about what I have. Number five, stressed out and spending mindlessly. Life is busy, chaotic, and often stressful. 
When we are pushed to make snap decisions in those moments, we are sometimes too exhausted to forget to make value-based decisions. We make the easiest decision in the moment, even if the long-term effect is negative. We need to be aware how our mental and physical state affects how we choose to spend our money. For example, instead of making the home-cooked dinner you planned and bought groceries for, you pick up fast food instead. This doesn't mean we can't change plans or even that spending money to help alleviate some stress, such as hiring someone to clean your home, is bad. It's not. Provided it is a deliberate choice that aligns with your values and fits your budget versus a knee-jerk reaction. Well, my thing is, is that money and budgets, they have to always align with your lifestyle. So when you have a budget, you should always have like discretionary spending in your budget. I would call it miscellaneous if you're at that point with your budget. And if not, you should stick to the budget until you're able to give yourself miscellaneous funds to be able to do fun things with. And I will always say, stick to your plan. Discipline is, is the really thing that that stops you from doing mindless spending. Have a disciplined lifestyle, you know, where you say, plan your day out, plan your week out so that you know what you're doing and stick to that plan and have times in your schedule, like I say, a Saturday or a Sunday where you say, I can do whatever I want this day. And you give yourself a budget and say, hey, okay, I give myself 50 bucks to be able to go do something fun, or I give myself a hundred bucks to do this or to go out to dinner this day. You do those things, but you don't pick the certain things that you want to do. You just give yourself that time window to do it. Because a lot of times when you're trying to repair your budget or you're trying to save for something, the miscellaneous spending eats up your goal. It eats up the money for your goals. So I always say like plan things out, try to stay as disciplined as possible. And when you're stressed out, figure out what's stressing you out and look at it differently. Try to eliminate it or try to get through it the best way you can. And so if you have an unorganized life, sometimes chaos and, and being unorganized, that also causes stress. Sometimes taking on more than you can handle in that moment. Sometimes you should take smaller steps, smaller bites so that you're not taking on so much to overload yourself. Also ask for help. And it's okay to ask people to help you because that's the previous podcast. And this one is being vulnerable and asking people to assist you with things that you're not good at and then learn from them. Those are good ways to just keep that stressed out, mindless spending down is to just be disciplined, ask for help and to kind of like plan out your days and weeks in advance. Number six, happy to spend. We don't always realize that positive emotions can have a negative impact on our financial health, too. Somehow, can happiness be bad financially? After all, isn't money happiness something we all seek? I do believe money happiness is our ultimate goal. However, we are happy, especially when we are celebrating good news. Think of the person who buys everyone a round of drinks because they got a promotion. Again, there is nothing wrong with celebrating good news. Just always make sure it is a conscious choice, not an impulse. And it is in an alignment with creating your ideal and thus happy life. 
Well, the happy to spend. It's the thing of, I think a lot of times, and I can speak for myself, is that when I started to make more money being an entrepreneur, I was always the one who picked up the tab because I was always like wanting to let people enjoy my good fortune. And I thought that that was my way of sharing with people, but it became a thing of, I started to do it to the point where it became a part of my socialization with people. And I thought it was unhealthy for me because I started to lean so much on sharing that no one ever took care of me. And so I had to like cut out that part of like, just always trying to do for people, like showing them, Hey, if you know, if you, if you do this this way and you do this and you'll have extra money and your life will be this way. But that's something that I had to stop to do. And I had to say, you know what? If I'm going to have a relationship with people, it has to be reciprocal. And I can't buy happiness for people. People just have to be happy and fight for their own happiness. Like I'm trying to fight for my own happiness. And I can't run around here spending money and doing things for people just because I have extra money. That was something that I had to learn is that happiness is sometimes not even just like the actual emotion of like being happy with the smiley face and jumping around. Sometimes I had to learn that happiness was just being quiet, peaceful, and content with who I am. And it didn't involve money. It didn't involve me treating people to dinner. It didn't involve me buying people things. It just was me being happy and content and working towards who I wanted to be. And if I can share that part of myself with people, it was worth more than sharing money. Number seven, love to say yes. Every parent can likely relate to this one. We love our kids and we want to give them everything their hearts desire. So we say yes to everything they want, whether we can afford it or not. Beyond the risk of entitled kids, you are also jeopardizing your family's financial foundation, which subsequently puts your children, who you love, so deeply at risk. You should never feel obligated to spend money on someone to prove your love, whether it's your kids, spouse, family members, friends, or boyfriend, girlfriend. Yet too many of us equate love with spending. You need to be aware if you have this tendency and if you have people in your life who take advantage of it. Real love is not only unconditional, it shouldn't have a price tag either. Well, this is what I was also alluding to when I was talking about when you're happy about something, you want to share something, but also love has nothing to do with how much money you spend on someone. And love hasn't anything to do with being a good parent or being a good husband or being a good wife or a good friend or a good son or a daughter. You know, so I always say enjoy the relationship and make really strong decisions about how you spend your money with people because you don't want to try to buy a relationship or you don't want to create a sense of entitlement with your children or or your relatives or your friends. You want to be able to have that relationship on a solid foundation of like admiration of who you are together and that money has nothing to do with that. And so these are just like seven things I just wanted to share about feelings and finances that I had to work on. It took me years to separate my ideology of my feelings and how I operate with money. And I had to understand that, yes, I have feelings, but feelings aren't me and feelings aren't my 
finances that I have worked for to create a better life for myself, I had to separate my feelings and I had to actually have a operating budget for my business. I had to have an operating budget for my personal life and I had to stick to those things. So even if I got mad at somebody that I did a contract with or I got upset, I couldn't make rash decisions and say, oh, I don't want to do business with you anymore because that quick to anger feeling of doing business with them could hamper my business by pulling my business away. I may have had a momentary issue with someone that I do business with, but I can also resolve that. I can look at my anger and I can collectively make a smart decision that does not impact my company long term. It's the same thing as how I look at my finances with my family. It's like no matter how much I'm getting better at earning more money and building a better life for my family, I also have to keep myself at the point where I'm still dealing with the actual relationship and not throwing money at situations. It's okay for your family to live comfortable, to be able to do nice things, but it's also smart to watch your money so that you can plan for the future, you know, in terms of legacy money, in terms of your children, your grandchildren and your great grandchildren. And these small dollars that we spend on all these different emotions and feelings and things that we do, they impact money for your last name and your great, great grandchildren and also yourself in retirement. So I would say, look at your feelings because you would be surprised how much your feelings affect your emotions. Sometimes feelings affect who you date. Sometimes Your feelings affect how you treat people. And that's all intertwined with how you spend your money and how you look at people in terms of finances. Because sometimes people won't date someone because they think they aren't making a certain level of money. So you may miss out on a person that's a really great person who's ambitious. They're just not where you think they should be. So always look at your feelings and look at how they impact how you spend your money. I want to thank you for joining Mental Health is Wealth podcast. I hope that you got a little nugget of information from this show and hopefully you have a great listening adventure. Thank you. 